0: Hello and welcome to the Real Life Law Podcast. I'm your host, Legia Miller, a real life lawyer on a mission to demystify the law and how it affects your everyday life. Every Monday and Friday, I live stream over on my YouTube channel and then I convert that into a podcast for you because I get that you're a busy person on the go. We cover pop culture and current events and the laws that shape your everyday life. So thank you so much for joining. If you find this podcast informational or entertaining, please consider giving it a review. Every review helps this podcast grow and is greatly appreciated. Now on with the content. So we got hate raids. We've got a major data hack. Twitch has been struggling lately. And I want to dissect the legal side of things. If you'll join me... Uh, If you're new here, my name's Ligia, I'm a real-life lawyer on a mission to demystify the law and how it affects your everyday life. That being said, I may be a lawyer, but I'm not your lawyer, nothing that I say should ever be construed as legal advice, and you should always seek the advice of a licensed attorney before making any legal decisions, All right, We got Moira Cam down there, she is having a little rest. You might hear her snoring throughout this broadcast, frankly, you're welcome. She's got the sweetest little English bulldog snores you've ever heard, okay? Reminder that super chats and super stickers are enabled, so uh, any money spent goes towards literally keeping these lights on and keeping those big giant bones in Moira's bed, so thank you so much for your support. That being said, I do respect your time, so I'm gonna just jump right into this, um, and I'll take your questions at the end, okay? Also, I'm on Twitch, (laughs) shameless plug you can now follow me on Twitch. I just became an affiliate. I play Sims. I play the lawyer track of Sims as the Sim version of myself on Sims 4. All right. And soon we'll be expanding the games that I'm playing as well, but we'll get into that. Anyway, shameless plug. Let's talk about Twitch. Um, If you're, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even know what the heck Twitch is. I've heard of it, but like, what the heck is it? That's how I was approximately two months ago. Oh no, Moira's left the building. About two months ago, I had no idea what Twitch was. I'd heard of it, but I was like, Ugh, um, I don't know what that is. So let's talk about what it is in case you knew here. All right, I felt ancient when I first opened up the the Twitch platform. Um, it's, I mean, it has almost early 2000s vibes to it in that it is like not entirely the most user-friendly situation. And it has its whole own culture behind it. That like, if you're new, it's like, I have no clue what's going on here. And I feel like a boomer, no shade to boomers, but you know what I mean? Um, so it has, it has the vibes, but, uh, it's, it was not from the early 2000s. It was founded in 2011 and it's been an Amazon subsidiary since 2014. So Twitch is an Amazon product, but it is, it's, it's just, it's got, it's got the vibe. It's, it's a bit retro. So Um, when you have a Twitch channel, here's, here's how it works. So when you have a Twitch channel, you can go live whenever you want. And a lot of people stream every single day. Some stream all day long if it's their full-time job, which it is for some people. Some people like me stream a few days a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, just saying for a few hours at a time. Originally, I think Twitch started pretty exclusively as a gaming live stream platform. So people play popular video games like Halo, Call of Duty, whatever else, and other people can watch them play live. It kind of looks a little something like this. Here's me and there's the Moira cam, yes, Moira gets costumes over on Twitch. Um, So while you watch, you can see their screen plus their little faces off in a corner. A lot of people have pup cams, and there's a chat. You can't see the chat here, but there is a chat feature as well, where you can chat with other viewers and with the gamer. So you can chat in it, and then the gamer can respond on camera to your chats. And um, it's uh, you know, it's a it creates a, a really lovely community feeling. You're not just sitting there quietly watching someone play a game. Um, you're you're chatting with people. You're you're creating community of some sort. So. Let me pull this back up. So, um, there are live streamers who, when you reach a certain threshold, you can become an affiliate. I just became an affiliate, super thrilling. And then followers can become subscribers where they pay a monthly fee and they get a little icon next to their screen name in the chat that says they're a subscriber. Plus they get access to custom emojis created by the streamer. And there's usually like a, and they're usually specific to the streamer, like Moira, I have a little Moira head that you can use as an emoji. Just a fun little thing to do to support the person whose live streams you like. There are also bits where you can buy certain number of bits as a user of the site and then you can give those bits to streamers that you like. If you give them a hundred bits, that's, you know, $1 in the gamer's pocket. So there's also this concept of raiding or raids, which is where after one streamer's stream ends usually, a group of people who were watching that stream all jump onto another streamer's stream at the same time and they comment like, this is a raid, like we're here with a bunch of emojis and stuff. And it's just a fun way for people to discover new streamers or support other people in the Twitch community. Um, and it's usually like a nice, positive thing. I was rated the first time on Tuesday. It was exciting. Uh, you know, some people even stuck around and subscribed. So it's a really nice way to just like grow community and support other streamers. Um, and there are some... So there are some huge streamers on the platform that have like thousands of people watching them every time they go live. And it, And the platform has grown to... Um, be so much more than gaming. You can literally find anything there. ASMR, knitting, people just hanging out in nature, people just living their lives, artists doing art, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, so it is, it's a fun community. People genuinely make a good living doing this as their full-time job, some people. However, however, Twitch has been running into some major problems lately. Uh, so let's start with hate raids. So like I explained earlier, a raid is where a group of viewers pop into a streamer's stream and comment on it in the chat, usually to support the streamer. However, there's been this growing phenomenon called hate raids, where a group of viewers that are actually, usually bots, usually bots, not always, but a lot of times bots created by one or a few actual human users, these swarms of bots, pop into a streamer's stream and they just say mean things. They just bully the streamer. But it's often targeted at non-white streamers and at LGBTQ plus streamers. So it's much more than just bullying. And uh, it's truly like a horrible problem, especially considering the fact that non-white and LGBTQ plus creators are like categorically discriminated against by the algorithms on most, if not all social media platforms as it is. And before you comment, because I get these comments, and why did you have to bring race into this? Listen, can I just say, I don't know, shut up. I don't know, I'm sick of the, these comments where people like want me to ignore the racist underpin- underpinnings of pretty much everything in our society. I'll stop making things about race when racists stop making everything about race. How about that? Catch me outside. You know what I mean? These hate raids were specifically, have been specifically targeted at people of color, and I'm not gonna say that they're not okay bye moving on anyway I can imagine it's freaking awful for the streamer and it's really not what most streamers are about frankly I've seen a lot of streamers over on twitch and they all are incredibly wholesome (laughs) not all of them not all of them but the ones that I've come across really wholesome it's people are just trying to have fun and of course trolls have to come in and fucking ruin it for the rest of us all right It's gotten so bad that Twitch has taken to the courts to get people to stop. In September, Twitch sued two streamers who were facilitating these hate raids in federal court. I have linked the complaint down below. Twitch is the plaintiff and the defendants are two streamers. They go by Cruise Control and Creatine Overdose. They're named by their Twitch usernames because Twitch doesn't actually know their identities yet. They know that cruise control is located in the Netherlands and that creatine overdose is in Austria, but they claim jurisdiction is proper in California where this was filed because Twitch servers are located in California, and Twitch is headquartered in San Francisco. So even though these two users are located outside the US, they voluntarily subjected themselves to the jurisdiction of California when they knowingly committed these hate raids. there in California, meaning on Twitch's servers. This is a pretty accepted argument now, but it is something that's pretty new to the internet age, like figuring out jurisdiction based on the location of internet servers. Just a fun legal aside. So the complaint claims that starting in August 2021, so like a couple months ago, these two users facilitated hate raids, and after being banned by Twitch, they just started creating new accounts and and ways to evade Twitch's bans, all right? They also claim that I think it was Cruise Control made like 3,000 bots using Twitch's own like program. Um, the complaint uh, claims that Twitch is being hurt because the streamers, because many streamers have cut back on streaming to avoid the harassment. And users who were victims of hate raids have experienced mental health issues due to the abuse. Twitch also claims that they've expended significant resources trying to control the hate raids and implement heightened security measures. Now, there has been a lot of criticism of Twitch, saying that it's uh, it, the, it, saying that they're not doing enough, that they didn't move fast enough. There was like a a day off Twitch thing where people boycotted Twitch for a day to try to get them to understand that like they won't put up with this type of abuse and Twitch needs to do more. So Twitch is saying that they've done everything in their power and they've expended a lot of resources on security and other measures to try to get these hate raids to stop. Um, some people think it's not enough. So uh, Twitch is suing these two users under uh, for three claims. Breach of contract, fraud in the inducement, and unfair competition. So here's what that means. When you create an account with Twitch, or even when you just log in and use Twitch, you have to agree to the terms of service and community guidelines. Basically, you are entering into a contract with Twitch when you agree to those terms while creating an account, or even just while using it, while using the service. Therefore, when you breach the terms of the agreement, that is a breach of a contract, and they can sue you, Fun fact, this applies pretty universally to terms of service and community guidelines for most websites. Uh, By creating an account or even just using the site, you're agreeing to those terms and you might not fully realize it because it's sometimes in the fine print or you just are on autopilot and you click uh, you know, accept and you go. Um, So the terms of service for Twitch, they explicitly ban users from creating or proliferating hate speech on Twitch, and they even explicitly ban hostile raids in its community guidelines, which are incorporated by the terms of service. So clearly these two users are in violation of the terms of service and community guidelines for facilitating these hate raids. All right. So the, these two users, they breached the contract. That is the terms of service and guidelines that they signed with Twitch. And that's count one breach of contract. Um, Count two is fraud and the inducement, which is a claim for when one party fraudulently enters into a contract with someone else, they induce another party to enter into a contract under some sort of fraud. So when these users created accounts for all of these bots, when they signed the contract for each bot that they created, the terms of service, they knew while signing that, that they had no intention to abide by its terms. So they induced Twitch to allow them to create bots and use their service through fraud, through lying and saying they'd follow the terms of service and guidelines when they knew that they wouldn't. So that's count two, fraud and the inducement. All right, and then count three is unfair competition, which bars fraudulent acts that harm a business or other business fraud, such as fraudulently entering into contracts, as described before so it's just another potential way to to hold these guys accountable for their actions it's just another count in the complaint the twitch is asking for injunctive relief so they're asking that the court order um the users to stop their conduct and cease using twitch altogether Um, and they're also seeking damages which includes lost profits from um the the hate raids they're also seeking uh, attorneys fees to get so to get the cost of the action covered. Um this was filed again on September 10th, maybe 9th. I've seen conflicting dates. September 9th maybe. And when the identity of the defendant is unknown like here, I believe the process is that they have to be made aware, the defendant has to be made aware that they're being sued via the platform where the conduct occurred. So via their username on this platform. So I imagine they were sent an email via whatever email they used to sign up, um, stating that they're being sued. And then from there, Twitch can move forward with subpoenas to try to uncover their actual identity. And then they'll change the name of the lawsuit accordingly. Um, however, nothing further has happened in the case. This has just been filed, um, I'll keep my eye on it. I use court listener. It's a website, court listener, Uh, really great resource. If you are interested, it, you can just follow, you just type in party names. You can follow the docket for cases and you can sign up for email alerts um, for any updates, anytime there's like a docket entry. So I use court listener. So then I get emails whenever this is up, things like this are updated. And then I usually put it on like my Twitter. So if you want to keep an eye on it yourself, you can, or follow me on Twitter for any updates um but this case is, illustrates what can be a really what can be really difficult when it comes to suing people who perpetrate abuses online be it hacking be it hate raids be it revenge porn be it other types of like relationship abuse that's perpetrated online if you can't find their identity and then prove their identity there's no one to sue and proving is hard because just because you can say okay, this person owns this computer and this post was posted by this computer. That does not necessarily prove that the person was the one who used the computer to do the post. You know what I mean? And that's even if you can find the computer. However, if you are sophisticated enough with technology that you can create 3000 bots that facilitate hate raids, you're probably sophisticated enough to hide your identity pretty sufficiently online. So it's possible that they might not uncover the identities of these two users. And even if they did, it's possible that these users could evade jurisdiction by just never showing up in the United States, because again, they don't live here, they live in Europe. Or they might not have any money to pay the damages anyway, if they do end up coming to the States, or maybe they were using a server in the Netherlands, but they actually live here, they might not have any money to pay the damages as it is. But I am certain that Twitch's lawyers are aware of this. And this lawsuit is likely more a method for Twitch to send a message that these this type of abuse won't be tolerated. Um, though it's unclear how effective this kind of lawsuit will actually be. Oh no, we lost Moira Cam for a second. We're back. We're back. Oh, that could have been bad. All right. So we'll see. We'll see how this unfolds. I've linked a website down below called hate raid response, which I found during my research. It gives streamers tools for how to manage and handle hate raids before, during, and after they occur. Just in case anyone watching might find it useful. Again, that's linked down below. All right. So these raids have been going on for a few months now. And then a couple days ago, on October 6th, Twitch suffered a massive data leak with over 120 gigs of data leaked to the website 4chan. It included user information, including the revenue earned by Twitch streamers. It was revealed that there are 81 streamers who made over a million dollars on Twitch. The entirety of Twitch's source code was also part of the leak. So like the code that makes Twitch part of the leak. And it was leaked that Amazon is in development of a new like games store platform akin to Steam or Origin, basically to try to compete. Um, but it was in the works. It was like that was not public information that got leaked. They also leaked Twitch's security protocol, which could expose security vulnerabilities because Twitch does internal security protocols, they like do tests to find their vulnerabilities so they can fix them, but the information of their known vulnerabilities is now just out in the world. All right? So the anonymous person who leaked the data said that they did so to foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming space because Twitch's community is a disgusting toxic cesspool. This might have something to do with drama around some of Twitch's top streamers moving over to YouTube, Streaming because Twitch has started offering less money to top streamers and Twitch is able to do this because it owns a 65% market share of all streaming hours. Like 65% of all hours spent streaming on the internet are on Twitch. Even though Facebook and YouTube both have their own streaming platforms, and they're way huger than Twitch is, they claim substantially smaller shares of the live streaming time despite literally billions more users than Twitch has. All right, so they own a huge market share and so I think there's a bit of a monopoly and um, people aren't happy with it. So that might be, that. I think that's the, the reason for this person leaking all of this information. In the wake of the leak, Twitch has turned on two-factor identification for logins and has changed everyone's stream key, which is the user-specific code that streamers use to stream to the platform. Um, They've done a brief internal investigation and they they released a statement saying that some data was exposed to the internet due to an error in a server configuration change. And that error allowed it to be subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. I don't, um, I don't know what that means exactly. I am not a tech person per se, uh, but that's, that's what it was, a, an error in a server configuration change. Um, and you know, this leak doesn't matter so much in that like user information was leaked. In fact, it doesn't seem that like passwords or credit cards or anything other than the earnings numbers of certain Twitch streamers, it doesn't appear that anything like that was leaked though it is still recommended that you change your password over on Twitch. But um, having that much source code and other proprietary information just out floating in the internet does open the door for other hackers to to look through the source code and find vulnerabilities and then use malware to exploit those vulnerabilities and steal sensitive information like passwords. So even though it wasn't included in this data leak, it might be included in the next, which will have been as a result of this data leak, likely. All right. So this just happened a couple days ago. So no lawsuits have come out of this breach yet. It's unclear whether any will, because again, identifying a hacker who was smart enough to get 120 gigs of data from Twitch to begin with, they probably are smart enough to have hid their identity while doing so. Though sometimes criminals can be dumb, but I'd imagine in this case, they they did something to hide their identity. So identifying them would be really hard. Um, However, this does implicate some state laws. Some state laws. Every state, all 50 states, plus D.C., plus Guam, plus Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, they all have legislation requiring that private entities notify individuals in the situation where there's been a security breach of information involving personally identifiable information. I don't know if this breach will necessarily fall under those lo- those laws because, like I said, passwords and other private information wasn't leaked. But potentially... Twitch would probably want to cover its own ass and send out a communication to everyone. They did send one out regarding stream key changes, but I don't think they've sent a mass one out for the data leak generally. They might just send it out to the affiliates that had that had their information, like their income leaked. Um, but even that might not count as personally identifiable information. Unclear. But if another breach happens that does expose that information, they would legally be required on, in all 50 states to tell people. All right, as a a fun hypothetical, (laughs) let's think about if somehow Twitch was able to identify the hacker or wanted to start a lawsuit in order to try to identify the hacker, what laws would they sue under? Well, there's probably a breach of contract claim in there if the person was a Twitch user, which is likely here, because as I already explained, you agree to the terms of service um, when you become a Twitch user and certainly hacking into the mainframe is against the terms of service. So there's breach of contract. There's probably some other business, tortious business interference claims as well. But then there's also this law called the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act or the CFAA. Frankly, this is just an excuse for me to talk about the CFAA because I find it really interesting. Okay. So the CFAA is technically a federal criminal statute, um, meaning that the feds could get involved and they could try to criminally prosecute this hacker. Is this likely? I don't know, probably not. Because again, the identity would likely be hard to determine and the feds simply cannot get involved in every instance of hacking that happens in the United States. It's too dang much, all right? But the CFAA also gives private entities like Twitch a right to sue someone for monetary damages if that person violated the CFAA and the entity is harmed as a result. This is called a private right of action. A lot of criminal statutes have this provision. All right, so Twitch might be able to sue under the cfaa so then we need to know what does the cfaa say basically the cfaa prohibits a person from accessing another person or entity's computer in an unauthorized manner this includes servers when i say computer it's been it's been changed so that it now includes servers in an unauthorized manner This was originally just meant to apply to government entities, like to protect government servers and to be able to prosecute people for trying to hack the government. However, it has since been expanded to include pretty much anyone with a computer. Um, So the CFAA is codified as 18 U.S.C. 1030. um, And it says in relevant part, this is a snippet. Whoever intentionally accesses a computer without authorization or exceeds authorized access and thereby obtains information from any protected computer or knowingly and with intent to defraud accesses a protected computer without authorization or exceeds authorized access and by means of such conduct furthers the intended fraud and obtains anything of value shall be punished as follows with a fine under this title or imprisonment for not more than five years or both if the offense was committed for purposes of commercial advantage or in furtherance of any criminal or tortious act, or if the value of the information exceeds $5,000. So arguably, I'd say you could easily argue that this person did this hack with intent to defraud for the furtherance of a tortious act and that the value of the information exceeds $5,000. Twitch would certainly argue that the value of the information exceeds $5,000, which I think is an easy argument. Um, So the CFAA is a handy tool that has been used to prosecute hackers. Um, I think the most infamous case that at least I've heard of is the case of Aaron Schwartz. We won't get too deep into this. This is honestly an entire separate video about him. Feel free to Google. Let me know if you want that separate video. Basically, the CFAA also prohibits someone from exceeding their authorized access to a use a computer or a server. So like if they've been given authorization to access a computer or a database or whatever, there are but there are limits to the authorization. Like if they could access it but they can't download stuff off of it or something. You can technically be prosecuted under the CFAA for exceeding authorization for accessing a computer or server that you are authorized to access but then doing something on there that is prohibited. This is a huge simplification of Aaron's story, but basically Aaron was this computer internet wonderkind, like he was a prodigy of the digital age and was very pro access to information. His whole backstory is covered in a great documentary called The Internet's Own Boy, which I highly recommend you watch, but at least relate his story related to the CFAA. Aaron allegedly violated it because one day he was living in MIT in Boston. He was working, doing work for MIT and he had guest access to JSTOR, which if you're unfamiliar, JSTOR is a database for scholarly publications. He had access to JSTOR via his guest pass on MIT's server. So JSTOR JSTOR is protected by a fee, a paywall, unless you're a student, but then even that arguably would be a paywall because you'd have to become a student, which is expensive. So Aaron, like I said, was pro access to information. Um, and he created a program to systematically download a ton of journal articles and publications off of JSTOR that, again, are usually hidden behind paywalls. So he downloaded tons and tons. He, like, went to MIT, broke into this closet that held, I don't, I don't, again, I don't understand con- computer stuff fully, but, like, it, it, there was this closet that had a bunch of wires in it. He went in, he brought his computer in, he... And he accessed it legally using his MIT guest pass, but then illegally had this bot or whatever program that he made download just thousands and thousands of articles so that he could make them publicly available. All right. MIT was pissed. Uh, MIT, if you don't know, holds a lot of sway in Boston and worldwide. Um, So they charged him, like MIT police charged him with Uh, like, breaking and entering trespass. But then federal prosecutors got involved. Still kind of unclear why. There there are, you know, theories that it was to make an, an example of him, theories that, like, MIT has a lot of sway and money in Boston. Who knows? Federal prosecutors get involved. They charge him with 11 counts of violating the CFAA plus two counts of wire fraud because he technically had access with his guest pass to JSTOR, but then he exceeded his authorization when he downloaded all these articles and it was against the policy of MIT and JSTOR. Um, If he had been found guilty of these crimes, uh, the maximum penalty would have been 35 years in prison and $1 million in fines. All right, content warning. Before he was able to be tried in court, um, he ended up actually taking his own life. He was 26 years old. Let me know if you want me to do a whole video on him and on the movement of internet access activists who are pro-access to information at all costs, including at the cost of breaking the law. Uh, this implicates copyright law as well, which he you knows my jam, so I'd be very happy to make uh, that kind of a video. Anyway, so in Aaron's case, they had literal video of him doing the act, but there was a security camera in the closet that he broke into, and they were able to identify him and then you know, bring charges against him. In this case, in the case of, case of the the Twitch hack, uh, you know, it's unclear how how likely it would be for a prosecutor to be able to prosecute this because finding their identity is less likely. Um, again, it's really hard to uncover the identities of hackers who know how to hide their identity on the internet, all right? So at this point, even though the who done it aspect of this Twitch data breach is interesting, I'd imagine that Twitch's central focus at this point is correcting the vulnerabilities that it can and improving its security so that the vulnerabilities exposed in the data breach will not continue to be open to being exploited by other hackers who could then obtain more personal information of Twitch users and publish that it's a real conundrum and as someone who uses Twitch and streams on Twitch, it's a bit nerve-wracking. Um, it probably is a good idea to just like keep changing your password over and over, but otherwise it's kind of all you can do short of like fully leaving Twitch, but even then they still have your information probably. Um, which I think is the exact point of why this person did this hack to make Twitch look weak and to make people consider moving to other platforms to do their streaming and to like Diversify. Um, Is it going to have that desired effect? I don't know. Honestly, probably not. Again, YouTube and Facebook, huge platforms. They have their own streaming platforms that I bet you've probably never heard of Facebook gaming, YouTube gaming, and they still can't unseat Twitch as the streaming, as the reigning live stream giant. So I don't know that fear of leaked info, which has kind of become this just accepted uh, thing accepted danger of using the internet. I don't know if that fear is going to get people to move in mass either, but who knows? Um, I'm certainly staying on the platform and you can watch me play the sim version of myself going through the lawyer career track every Tuesday and Thursday over on Twitch. All right. And starting this Saturday, I'll be doing Siberia Saturdays where I play through my favorite game of all time, Siberia. Siberia's one through three wherein a lawyer travels to a mysterious European town to get his will signed, but discovers there is an unsolved mystery as to the apparent error of the will, so she throws her lawyerly duties aside to go on a European adventure uncovering the truth. It's very steampunk. It's very fun. Please join me. Sorry for the shameless, shameless personal plug. But I just had to throw it in there. All right, so yeah, they killed Microsoft. That's a great point as well. I know I'm not taking questions yet, but they killed Microsoft. Microsoft had its own streaming platform, and it, it did not last, it t- completely went under, like a year ago. So I don't know, I don't know that there is much, that there's gonna be much that comes from this data breach in terms of a- exodus from Twitch, if I'm being honest. All right, and so those those are the current legal woes of Twitch. Thank you for joining, let me know your your questions. Does anyone have questions? Let me see if I can tackle them. Um, While you gather your thoughts, I do want to give a quick shout out to my multi-platinum patrons. Yes, I have a Patreon. I give you behind-the-scenes content. We do private live streams. We have a Discord chat and server, which is growing every day. You have more Moira emojis there that you can use. It's really fun. Uh, Join. Join me if you want. Link is in the description down below. Um, Thank you to my multi-platinum patrons, Brett Peontech and Anonymous. You know who you are. Thanks so much. For your support. Um, and thank you so much to those of you who have given me a super sticker. Aubrey, thank you. And then the super chat I saw from Fork McSpoon. Thank you, Fork McSpoon. Racism is real, alphabet mafia, hatred is real. That's why it's so important for individuals who are trying to be better to spread kindness. Amen. Amen. I think that uh, I. I honestly get a lot of flack for bringing hatred and racism up in these videos. People, I, truly, the number of comments I get is shocking. Of people being like, I was I was interested until you brought race into this. Until you played the race card. Until you mentioned race. People are terrified of talking about it. Or in denial that it's a thing that affects everything. So I'm, I'm not going to stop bringing it up. And if you have a problem with that, I'm not sorry. All right. Someone's saying that Twitch just got hacked again. Is that true? Should we Google it live on air? Twitch hack. Um, You know, I'm not seeing that on the news right in this moment, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. So, yeah, listen. It It could very well happen, though. Oh, interesting. So hate raids got worse after the lawsuit. Um, you know, I I feel like as as with most things, the hate that is spewed in the world is often in the minority. And like maybe I'll experience the hate raid at some point, but so far I've only had the most lovely experience on twitch just it's a really great way to experience a community and grow a community and chat with people i feel like i've gotten to know a lot of you better because of my twitch stream a lot of my patreon supporters better because of my twitch stream plus it's just fun like i look forward to it all the time so that being said though i'm coming from a place of privilege like i'm a white straight passing lady like i you know i I feel like not having that identity could make it a lot less of a enticing place to be or stream, you know? All right, let me see. Yeah, that's a good question. Even though Twitch is an American company, could they be affected by the GDPR? Yes. Yes. And you know, I wish I had more background knowledge on the GDPR. For those of you who don't know, the GDPR is, I don't remember what it stands for, but it's the European, the EU's privacy policy for internet use. So the reason why all of a sudden every website has to tell you that it uses cookies, for example, and have you agreed to let them use cookies is because of the GDPR. It, it's higher. In Europe, they have much higher restrictions for internet use and collection of data than we do in the U.S. However, because U.S. websites like Twitch are available in Europe, they are still subject to the GDPR, which is why even if it's an American website or American-based company, they still comply with GDPR requirements because it's available in the GDP- in the EU. So they need to go to like the, they need to have higher levels of security across the board. So yes, it could be affected by the GDPR, especially if it does become an issue where passwords are being shown or other personally identifiable information then they could be implicated under the gdpr um apparently overnight someone replaced a bunch of images to jeff bezos all right well that's a funny hack if that's all that it was sorry i love when people tease jeff bezos genevieve thank you so much for the super chat i'm behind in the stream but super want a vid on the Jast- store oh, JSTOR hack, and generally about computer crime and also fraud. Thank you. Yes, um, great. I mean, I could talk about it. I took a whole class on this stuff in law school. It's fascinating to me. Um, and there are a ton of activists. Like, I have a friend who knows people who are activists in the like academic access to articles space. And like, yeah, it's, it's, they're kind of badass. As much as I can't condone breaking the law, because I am a lawyer and it's against my ethics. The activism part is pretty badass. <laughs> what are your opinions on pineapple on pizza? Also, what kind of food do you feed Moira? Um all right, pineapple on pizza, it's fine. It's not my favorite, it's not my go-to, but I'll have it. I know it's usually a love it or hate it thing, but I'm feeling I feel very neutral about pineapple on pizza. Sometimes though, if I'm like really having a deep craving for pizza, don't put pineapple on it cuz I have like A taste that I want in my mouth. And when I think pizza taste, no pineapple. But if it's on it and the pizza's sitting there and it's free and I'm going to have it, I'll eat it. It's fine. Um, What kind of food do I feed my... I feed her um, Royal Cannon Bulldog Puppy food. However, it makes her insanely gassy. In the stinkiest farts I have ever smelt in my entire life. In my entire life. So, you know, might need to change it up. But it's good for her little English bulldog puppy belly. So for now, it, it's working. All right, GDPR. Thank you, Catherine. It stands for General Data Protection Regulation. Thank you for the super chat. Um, great. Okay. You know, I don't know. I don't know if anyone here knows why Twitch has such a high share of the internet streaming like streamers and other platforms have done so poorly. I don't know, maybe it's cause they were like the first, the pioneers, um, you know, I moved over there and do, do gaming there instead of on YouTube because frankly, people go to Twitch with the idea that they want to sit and watch a live stream and they go to Twitch with the idea that they want to like support the live streamers that they're watching. So I think making money over on Twitch can be easier and people are expecting that type of content when they go to Twitch they're expecting a 3 hour live stream that they can kind of just pop in and out of whereas on YouTube people don't usually go to YouTube for live streaming content that's even something that i've been like contemplating as my as a youtuber who streams a lot like is this the best use of my time do i really is, is this the best use of, or is this going to attract viewers because they're going to see that it's a live stream. And a lot of times people don't go on YouTube to watch a live stream. They want like a quick edited video that's like poppy and goes off, you know? So I feel like Twitch, because it's so niche, it's what people are going there to watch. And so it's what people just keep doing. So... Oh, interesting. Twitch was big because of Amazon web services. You know, I don't really know what that means, but that could be it. Maybe it's just because it's linked to Amazon. You can, you do get a free month, like when you're a Prime member, you can subscribe for free, for one free subscription per Twitch streamer. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not explaining this right. So if you have Amazon Prime, you get one month that you can subscribe every month for free, to a Twitch streamer so you can give them your Prime subscription and then they make some money. So it's free to you, but Amazon gives it to you for being a Prime member. Yeah. Oh, someone already commented that. Yeah, you can subscribe to one creator for free each month with Prime. Yeah. So the the integration with Amazon, definitely. I mean, Jeff Bezos fucking rules the world, so I'm sure they have their ways. (sighs) Yeah, getting the Amazon money certainly certainly they have the amazon money behind them okay some streamers go to twitch because there's less oversight and regulation that definitely could be so but there are yes moon whisper eight lots of streamers are starting to make the jump to youtube there were two really high profile big big streamers that moved to youtube because youtube has been offering more money contracts for much more money for like really large streamers like people that are already making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month for being streamers yes a month a month people make lots of money some people they're really really big ones um and a couple of them move to youtube because twitch is having these like insane contracts with people where they're expecting them to stream like 200 hours a month a month Um, for like an insane amount of money, but like the work-life balance isn't there. Whereas YouTube was like, we'll pay you that for 100 hours a month. And these streamers who are ready to kind of, you know, they've made a ton of money. They're ready to kind of sit back on their laurels. They're like, yeah, I'm going to move over to YouTube and make more money for doing less work. That's great. So anyway, hi Dallas. Thank you for being here while I stream. I love it. yeah so anyway so you know twitch is a fascinating it's a fascinating beast it's been really fun to get to know it i highly suggest you go over there and just click around on it think of any games that you like and see if there are streamers streaming it if you are into gaming like i have been playing sims since i was like 13 years old but like back then it wasn't cool for girls to play games so i was kind of like kind of hit it kind of ashamed by it So it's really empowering to be an almost 30 year old lady playing Sims on the internet openly, feeling no shame. So um, we love this. We love this for us. And there are, it's just a lovely community over there, frankly. So anyway, thank you for joining. I hope this has been informational for you. If you were wondering about what the heck Twitch is and what the heck is going on with Twitch, hopefully now you know. Um, I will, maybe Monday we'll do, we'll do a kind of a continuation of this conversation. We'll talk about Aaron Schwartz and the CFAA and, um, you know, internet activism and stuff like that. Um, that could be a really fun, a fun stream. So why don't we do that? So, um, yeah. Thanks so much for joining. I, um, so glad that Moira was here for all of this. You could see her tiny little cute body. Thank you for being here. Um, again, I stream over on Twitch. What day is it? Thursday. Today's Friday. Wow, I just dissociated for a second and left my body. It's Friday, it's Friday. Um, So tomorrow is Saturday. Tomorrow is the first day, so you can jump in right at the beginning, that I will be streaming Siberia, which is my favorite game from my childhood where a lawyer goes to Europe to try to solve a mystery. Well, she tries to get a will signed, but then the heir to the will is missing. So she goes on this European adventure to try to find him and under- uncover the mystery. And it's super steampunk. And it's beautiful. It was originally released in 2002, so you'd think, like, awful graphics, shitty game. No. I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. It's so good. So pop on over and see me Saturday at noon central time. That's 1 PM Eastern, 10 AM Pacific, 5 PM GMT. I'll be there for three hours. Again, the dream, what's nice about Twitch is like, you can come and go as you want. Um, and, um, it's really fun. So yeah, Siberia on Saturday over on Twitch, Tuesday, Thursday nights, five to 8 PM central. I'm playing Sims. So come on over, hang out. I think I linked it down below. The link to my Twitch. Otherwise, my screen name is Legion Miller. So, thank you so much for being here. I hope that you guys have an amazing weekend, and um, I'll see you tomorrow for for Siberia Saturday. Thank you for listening to the Real Life Law Podcast. As a reminder, I stream live over on my YouTube every Monday and Friday at 9 a.m. Central. And then I turn it into podcast audio for you because I get that you're a busy person on the go. If you have found this podcast informational or entertaining, please consider leaving a review. Every review helps this podcast grow and is greatly appreciated. Thanks very much for listening. Bye bye